How much does the sky weigh? It's a question you've probably never asked, unless maybe you have. Maybe you're a very curious person. Maybe you've never wondered about this, even slightly. But now, I bet you're wondering. As it turns out, it's an unexpectedly loaded question, too. In order to answer, you have to know a few things. Where the sky is. Where does it start? Where does it end? You might say, that's easy, the sky goes to the edge of the atmosphere, and then it's space. But then you need to know where the atmosphere ends. Is there an edge? At what point does it become space? I'm going to try and answer every connected question I can think of. So, buckle up your brain buckets, because it's going to be a bumpy ride. Hey everybody, this is Devin Boker, your host, and you are listening to Science People, the science podcast for everyone, because really, we're all science people. Where does the sky start? It's actually probably the easiest question to answer out of all these. It starts at your feet. Weird, right? I mean, most of us use the word sky to talk about what we see above us when we look up. But another word for sky could just be atmosphere. And the atmosphere is technically anything above land or sea. But much like an onion, the atmosphere has layers. The layer that starts where the ground ends is the troposphere. Troposphere. And it continues up somewhere between five and nine miles, depending on how high or low the Earth's surface is in some particular place. That's where we live, breathe, fly kites, love, lose, experience weather. It's the most dense portion of the atmosphere, which should tell you just how thin the air is the higher up you go. Where the troposphere ends is where the stratosphere, the stratosphere begins. But that doesn't mean that there's some super obvious line in the sky that separates the two. It's more like a slow transition. Think about night and day, or more so dawn and dusk. It doesn't just go from being sunny to dark in a split second. It isn't like someone flips a giant light switch in the sky. It's a slow fade. The stratosphere continues up for another 31-ish miles. The ozone layer, the ozone layer, which you may have heard of before on account of the big giant hole in it, absorbs and scatters ultraviolet or UV radiation from the sun. From there, we're in the mesosphere for another 53 miles. Ever see a movie where a meteor is entering the atmosphere but it burns up? That's, that's here. At this point, we are 93 miles above the ground and still going up. Now we are in the thermosphere, which extends out another 372 miles. That's where the northern lights put on their show and most satellites orbit. And still, up we go. Oh, I almost forgot. There's another layer, sort of like a background one that shares its space with some others. It's called the ionosphere. 
It's this layer of electrons and ionized atoms and other molecules that starts about 30 miles up from the ground and then stretches out to the edge of space, nearly 600 miles up. It's super important for keeping our relationship with the sun healthy, and it's also what makes things like radio communication possible. So thank you, ionosphere. Back to the edge of the thermosphere, we are now entering what's called the exosphere. Which continues on about 6,200 miles above the ground you stand on. That's nearly the distance from Houston, Texas, to Tokyo, Japan. So where does the sky end and space begin? Hmm. It's another seemingly simple question with an oddly complicated answer, in that there are multiple. Some suggest it's where normal planes can no longer fly. Some say it's only after you've left our atmosphere entirely. And some say it's when you're no longer affected by Earth's gravitational pull, which is pretty much impossible. Let's quickly look at each. The first boundary to space is called the Karman line. This line sits 62 miles above the Earth's surface. It's the point at which pilots become astronauts. At this height, the air is too thin for normal airplanes which rely on lift to fly. To fly above that height, you need special propulsion systems. The line itself is located in the lower thermosphere. Reminder, the thermosphere ranges from 50 to 440 miles up. NASA and the US military, though, consider the boundary to space to be at the border of the thermosphere, 50 miles up. If you don't consider it to be space until you've left even the exosphere, then that would mean that the International Space Station isn't actually in space which is a major bubble burster for anyone who spent any time there or has dreamed of going there. Which brings up another weird point about the International Space Station. We've all probably seen footage of the astronauts floating on board weightlessly, but they're still in Earth's orbit, meaning they're still affected by its gravity. So what gives? Turns out astronauts aren't in zero gravity at all. Gravity at that height still has 90% of its strength. Instead, they are falling really fast. Literally speeds of five miles per second. And since they and the space station are all falling at the same speed, it looks like they're floating weightlessly. Think about being in a car driving down the highway at 70 miles an hour and you drop your phone or you toss a ball in the air and catch it. Neither goes flying out the back window, right? because you're shielded inside of a vehicle and you aren't dealing with air resistance. So everything's moving at the same speed. It's all relative. So where is space? It depends on who you ask. Which brings us to what makes the sky? Aside from when it's windy, we hardly notice the air around us and just how much of it there is. We don't exactly feel the surprisingly tremendous weight of the sky and, and for good reason. The atmosphere is mostly a gas, which means that its particles and molecules are far apart from each other most of the time. When they're close together, we can more easily see they exist, like in clouds. Before we can answer the question of how much the sky weighs, we have to think about what exactly weight is. Everything that is made of matter has a mass. Everything that is made of matter has a mass, which is something used interchangeably with weight but the two are different. Every atom has mass. 
They're the building blocks of the universe. Every atom's mass is determined by how many electrons, which are small, negatively charged particles, protons, positively charged particles in the center, or the nucleus, and neutrons, which are no charged particles at the atom center, it has. An adult human is made of nearly seven octillion atoms. That's a seven with 27 zeros after it. That is a number that there, there's no metaphor, there's no analogy, there's no anything that's really going to help you comprehend just how big of a number that is. I, I can give you a little bit of context. A grain of salt, okay, uh, if you were to put that in a measuring cup, one measuring cup, like a cup, you'd have about a million grains of salt. I'm talking about seven octillion. Seven octillion. There are, there are about two trillion galaxies in the known universe. Seven octillion, what, that, that's, that's tremendously bigger than a trillion. Like you just, you can't, it, it's, it's, you can't, your brain does not work that way. And that's okay. So anyway, their mass would be the combined mass of all of those atoms. No matter where that person is in the universe, even floating weightlessly in space, their mass stays the same. In other words, mass is a measure of the amount of stuff that makes something up. Think about a bag of Skittles, which has about 56 pieces of candy inside. No matter where you go, that amount doesn't change. But what does change? The weight. That's because weight is a measure of mass plus the influence of gravity. Weight is a measure of mass plus the influence of gravity. Planets with less gravity are planets where you would weigh less. Your weight when you stand on a scale is your mass plus the force of gravity pushing down on that mass onto the springs of the scale. So if we're gonna think about the weight of the sky, we have to consider the mass of all of the sky's particles under the influence of gravity. And what does all that air add up to? About five million billion tons. Insane sounding, right? Think about it like a bed of nails. Imagine I have a board with 200 nails. If I weigh 200 pounds and I lay down on the board with my weight distributed evenly, each nail only has one pound of pressure pushing down on it. So no big, right? Fortunately, that 5 million billion tons is distributed pretty evenly over the entire Earth's surface. Even still, the average weight, the atmosphere plus gravity, Pushing down on you is 14.7 pounds over each square inch of your body. You may have seen PSI before, as in 14.7 PSI. That's 14.7 pounds per square inch. An average adult's skin surface area is roughly 2,800 square inches, which means that they have a total of 41,160 pounds of force on them at all times. Thing is, I'm assuming you've grown up on Earth, meaning your body is adapted to that amount of pressure and shrugs it off like it's nothing. Most of us don't know anything different. If you're having a hard time grasping that idea, try to think about the ocean instead. Imagine instead of being under the air, you're a fish underwater. All that water over you weighs something, right? But you're a fish, you can handle it. Your body has been forged by millions of years of evolution to adapt to your environment. 
The fish doesn't feel the weight. It isn't crushed by the weight, but a human can only swim so deep before the pressure becomes too much. So, how do we get deeper in the ocean? Specially designed and pressurized vehicles like submarines. For almost all fish, entering the air is a lot like us being in the upper atmosphere without a special suit. So why is the pressure higher the deeper you go in the ocean? Well, because you have more mass over you and it's being pushed down by gravity. There's simply more stuff above you. The higher you go in the atmosphere, it's the opposite. The thinner the air becomes and the less the pressure is because there's less and less mass above you. Liquid is a lot like a gas. They are actually both considered fluids but the molecules that make it up are much closer together, so it's much thicker or more dense. The reason the air is thinner the higher you go is because gravity isn't packing particles together as tight. Think about a bucket of sand. All the sand at the bottom becomes packed tight and firm, but if wind blows over the top of the bucket, sand is going to blow out, because the top sand isn't under the weight of anything other than the air, while the bottom sand is under the weight of the air and each grain of sand above it. Now there's a lot of this that connects to temperature and density as well, and a few other things, but I'm gonna save those for conversations in the future. In the meantime, I hope I answered every question that you had. If I didn't, send some of them over to uh, uh, sciencepeoplepod at gmail.com. Uh, follow me or message me on uh, TikTok and Instagram at Devin the Nature Guy. Uh, or Twitter at Dev the Nature Guy. It it put a it put a character limit on my username, which is not great for consistency and uniformity. But that's okay. That's okay. Um, but yes, thank you for listening. Tell your friends if you if you feel like you learned something. Stick around. Listen to more episodes. Uh, share them. Uh, uh, look at the episode notes for some extra visual resources. Um, looking at the transcript and heck. If, if you feel so inclined, if you'd like to support the show being made, all of the uh, free educational resources that are that are coming with it, um, as well as my ability to do things like make videos of really, really cool science demos that I do on like TikTok and stuff, um, consider becoming a patron at uh, patreon.com slash science people. You can do it for as little as a dollar a month, but I'm telling you, as a science teacher who already spends a lot of their own money on science demos, it'd be nice to have a little bit of extra cushion to uh, to do some really cool stuff for, for y'all. So take care. And remember, we are all science people. <laughs>